Shalom Echem Rabbi Sai. I hope that everybody is doing well. Baruch Hashem, everybody should be zeichet to have a good winter, as we say, after Sukkot. Um, in Eretz Yisrael, this uh, Shabbos Simchas Torah was um, quite a challenge, as Chai uh, Yisrael woke up on Simchas Torah morning to an unexpected war that broke out in Eretz Yisrael. Now, with all the challenge, with all the difficulty, there's a big chizuk that one can get from <clears throat> everything that's happening. There's no question the challenge with the fact that over this point right now, there's over 1,300 Israeli citizens that were killed and many, many wounded, and there are people which are missing, which we have to daven for them, and then there's Hashem the people which are captured by the hands of the, um, the Hamas terrorists in the Gaza, you know, the, the Gaza Strip. And it was a tremendous challenge. But even so, there's a tremendous chizuk that we wind up getting, all the chesed, all the, all the unity that we wind, wind up seeing now in Eretz Yisrael, where people are reaching out to everybody Everyone's reaching out to each other. Even let's say Shabbos morning when we had a Chafas Yeshiva, we walked up to the Yeshiva, I'm walking up with my son, and I start hearing these booms. I said, Look, there's a war going on. And my suspicions were, were, uh, <laughs> were uh, shown clear, clearly to me when in the middle of the silence, when the sirens went off, and we had to go down to the shelters. A yid looks at the moment and says, Akadosh Bochu is still orchestrating everything. And we have to step and think at the moment, what does Hashem want me to do now? Does Hashem want me to worry? Does Hashem want me to panic? What does Hashem want me to do now? He doesn't want me to ignore it. He wants to realize the message that's coming here. And we did the best that we could to make sure that Simchus Torah did not wind up being in a way of design of disgrace, but at the same time, we have to sort of like um, <clears throat> condense things, we have to make things a little bit shorter, and the unity and the achtos and the kol is really something very special at this time. Maybe that's something we're going to connect to when we talk about the parish a little bit. Now, we start over say Fabracious this week. And the Pasuk talks about the creation, the Pasha talks about the creation of the world. Six days of <clears throat> creation, and we have Shabbos Kaidish. Shabbos, Shabbos was created for Shabbat On the sixth day, Hashem created man. The Pasuk tells us, Hashem created a human being from the dust of the earth, and he created a formed the being of man. And he thrusted in his nostrils a living soul. So the time says over there, when he was thrust with into the nostrils of a living soul, it's referring to Ruach Memalala, power of speech. And the all the Balimusser, 
of the Mepharshim stressed how, how a person's neshama is expressed by the way that he speaks. That's why a person has to be careful what he says, how he says it, when he says it, not speaking Russian her, not speaking of Opet. But we're going to focus on a different point right now. The Shatzer Rebbe one time pointed out, like it's brought down in the Sermak Dushin, that there are four categories of, you know, in the, of the matter of the world. We have Daimem Tzameach Chai Ubedaber. Daimem are things which are inanimate, rocks, sand, um, something that doesn't have life to it. Tzameach is something that grows, so it has somewhat of life to it. It sprouts forth flowers, plants. Chai is something that has life, animals. Umadaber is referring to someone, to a being that speaks, which is referring to a human being. And the Mepharshim had on, that there's another level called the Yisrael, right? That even when you have the category of Madaber, of somebody that speaks, but there's a different category to a Yid, what Yid thought, and what Yid carries himself over, like we talked about before, maybe, the Nisham of a person, the way that he speaks. And, you know, the Bali Musa start to talk about, and there's such a thing called the Ben Torah, person who loses life with the Torah. That's another level. But the four categories that we know of that are broken down to are Daimem Tzameachai inanimate objects, things that are plants and trees, <clears throat> something that has living life like animals, fish. Umadaber is referring to human beings. Now the Shatzerel points out that when you look at Daimem Tzameachai, there's such a vast amount of different sizes of what goes into the category of Daimem Tzameachai Umadaber. Let's say Daimem. You can have a granule of sand that's considered a daimen. Then you can have huge, huge mountains and, and, and tremendous things that are also daimen. But it all goes into the category of daimen regardless of the fact that there's such big sizes and a difference in size. Tzameach. You can have something which is a little, little plant and you can have a huge tree. Chai. You can have an insect, which is a bug. Right, that goes into the category of chai, or you can have a huge elephant, or you know, a rhinoceros, or a hippopotamus, or you know, a big animal, giraffe. Right? By medaber, person that speaks, it's more or less everyone's okay. You have taller people, shorter people, but in, in, in the basic, in the basic, when you when you size it up, it's basically more or less the same size as an average size to everyone. Right? And and uh, you know, the, the, you know that, that, that you don't find that difference in sizes between them. Okay, yes, it's all short, but in the basic um, measurements, it winds up being more like an average size, a little bit bigger, a little bit smaller, but not this big difference that we find by um, inanimate objects, by plants, and by uh, animals. Why is that? So it's like the Shatzerebbe that daimem tzameh chayom are, are physical things, and therefore the physical things are just measured by its physical existence, the size. So we have this size, that size, bigger, smaller, everything winds up being its differences in how big it is, how small it is, because everything's measured based on the physical exterior um, existence that we have. But when it comes to a person, the difference between the person and what measures the difference between the person is how his neshama. 
So the neshama is the essence of the person. And the more that a person builds his neshama, builds with his neshama, and, and, and develops himself, that makes him on a totally different matrix, on a totally different level than somebody else. And that's the pshat. Hashem is thrust inside him a living soul, because that's the essence of man, and that's what we get measured by. There's a sefer, um, which I want to give as a present, Susp right? that I'm elated by your, by your words, by your, 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 your psukim, by your tyrant. That's the name of the sefer. So he brings a maisa like this. He brings a maisa that uh, not too long ago, there's a family in, uh, in Israel and also in America. You know, when it comes to summertime, you have families go away for a, for a, uh, for a summer vacation. They go away for a couple of days. They find some place to go. They take their families and they go someplace. And sometimes it can be big families with many children. And uh, people try each one according to their um, you know, budget to try what they can do. Some people switch apartments, some people rent apartments. Um, each one, according to his financial situation, tries to make some type of a, um, of a, of a, of a vacation for his family. So there was one person who was living in Carroll, he had 10 children, and he very much wanted to take his family to go away for vacation in the summer, but he wanted to make sure they had the money for it. So all through the year, he would put aside money through the year in a certain box in the end, if you took 50 shekel here, 100 shekel here, you know, he'd just take it and he would put it in that box. And whatever would be left over, that would be left over for the vacation. And he was pleasantly surprised to see, as he was saving up, when it came time for his vacation, he opened up the box and he saw inside there, there was 7,000 shekel, which was enough for them to be able to rent an apartment for a couple of days and to pay for their transportation. So, pack up everything they needed in the house to go on vacation. And they get on the, uh, you know, the van that they rented to take them, uh, you know, to, to, for the vacation. And as they're traveling to the, to the vacation, they, one of the children tells the father that he needs to use the restroom very, very badly. So the father says to the driver, okay, do me a favor, stop over over here, we'll take him to, We'll take him to use the restroom. He stopped over by a, by a restaurant. And the father's about to walk inside. And then he looks and he sees that it's a Trafer restaurant. And he says, I can't go in here with my son. Because people don't know that I'm just going in here to take my son to the bathroom. They, can, they might think that I'm coming in here because I, I uh, you know, <clears throat> I validate the food, the, 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 you know, the uh, food of this restaurant. And then that's something which could be a Hashem. He can't go here. So he gets back into the van. And he tells the driver, take me someplace where there's a kosher restaurant. So they travel a little further. And then they come to a place where there's a kosher restaurant. Which is Hechsher. And he takes his son out. And he takes his son. He has to go to the, you know, to the restaurant. When they come into the restaurant, they didn't realize they walked into a restaurant that was really, really expensive. A really fancy restaurant. As soon as they came in, the waiter, the head waiter, calls over the father and says, Okay, sir, you know, come sit down over here. We'll give you a place to sit. He said, I'll tell you the honest truth is that I, I, we didn't come here to eat. You know, we just do, you know, we can't afford whatever it is over here. You know, we, do, we, we, we can't, we, you know, we can't, we, we just came. My son really, really needed the restroom very, very badly. So the waiter said, I'm sorry, sir, but 
No, this is a very high class restaurant and the boss of the restaurant, the owner of the restaurant does not want this to be used as a rest stop for people that eat through the restroom and only people, customers of the store that eat in the store can use the restroom over here. The father looks at the waiter and he says, Sir, I'm sorry, I just have no choice right now. We'll deal with this afterwards. And he goes and takes the son straight to the restaurant. Straight to the restaurant. And they come outside. He walks out. He looks in the corner of his eye and he sees in the middle of the restaurant that's standing, standing the owner of the restaurant next to the waiter. And the owner of the restaurant has such an angry look on his face that the person realizes, oh no. I got this way there now, into big trouble. So he starts walking towards the owner of the restaurant, and the owner of the restaurant says to him, Sir, what is it that you that you want over here? What do you want? <coughs> so the this Kyle guy who is there, he looks at the the waiter, the head waiter, and he thinks, I mean, if I tell him now that I didn't come here to eat anything, but I just came to use the restroom, and he's going to fire this worker, and it's going to be it's going to be a very very difficult scene. So he says, "I'll tell you, we came to eat." Well, he says, "You came to eat over here? You realize that this is such a high class restaurant, and you know how much this is going to cost you? It's going to cost you a fortune." He said, "I, I have the money for it." He pulls out the seven thousand shekel that was supposed to pay for his vacation. And he says, um, how many people are you? We're 12. Okay, bring your family in. So the, uh, this girl guy, going to have to embarrass the waiter, he took the foot the bill and he came out to his wife and children and said, listen, I'm sorry, but our vacation is finished. We have no choice because when we brought our son inside, it was going to cause the headway to be fired. And now we have no choice, but we're going to eat here over here. The wife was very disturbed. But she understood why her husband did, and she accepted it. The whole family came inside, and they felt very awkward sitting in this really fancy restaurant and getting steaks and, and fish and steaks and desserts and drinks that were costing, uh, you know, an astronomical amount of money. But the but, but you know what are they supposed to do? They finished the meal, and the waiter, the he, the the father, turns to the waiter and says, "Okay." You finish, bring me the bill. So the waiter comes with the whole list of everything that they ate, a bill with everything they ate, and the father takes the bill and starts taking out the money to manage the money, and he looks at the bill, and he says, something's wrong. On the bill it says, lo litashlum. You don't have to pay. And he turned to the waiter and he said, there's a mistake with this bill. Because I... I, I want to be able to pay, have the money to pay. It says on this thing over here, low the tashlum, not to pay. The waiter says, I see you're right, I don't know what this is, it's a mistake. So the waiter went over to, gave it to the, to the, this person goes over to the head of the restaurant, and he says, he says, what's going on? He says, I'll tell you what's going on. I know why you came into the restaurant. You didn't come in here to eat. I see what, what you look like, I see what you're you don't look like you eat in restaurants like my restaurant over here. And I know why you came here. And I saw that you knew that I was going to fire that waiter. And in order not to embarrass the waiter, in order not to hurt the waiter, your special soul, your special neshama, was so considerate for that, 
I decided I'm going to treat you in your family and give you a little bit of, of uh, you know, the things that your family got used to, used to having over here on the house. You don't have to pay anything. Enjoy yourself. Go on with your vacation and have a nice time. Now, this person didn't know that the boss was going to be able to do that. First, we see that yeah, Hashem works it out. And if it's not that the boss would go out, the money, the money can come back from someplace else. When you go ahead and you're worried about not hurting another person, or when a person is hurt, you're worried about how you can help the other person. But we're in a situation that we're like right now. If a person takes out that to his Tehillim, and he says something to him, he stops for a minute to just to daven and to feel another person's pain. Not to get depressed about it, not to get angry about it, but to, to be in touch with it and to be able to feel the other person's pain and to figure out what did that person need. You can't imagine the chesed that's going on here now in Israel. People are traveling back and forth to the southern part of Israel to bring all types of things to people, to comfort them, to, to, to show that they're with them. And even though we're going through such a challenging time, but if we go ahead and we realize how in this challenging time, we don't lose our, 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 our composure. We don't lose our, 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 we don't lose control. And we figure out how we can put things in place. Now, on the contrary, it makes us even closer with Hashem. It makes us closer with each other. And that's going to be the secret to bring us in with Hashem to the Gula Shlema Bekarab Yameinu. Everyone should have a wonderful Shabbos. Call to and the sooner stay